Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Welcome to the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike and James Rapine from SI.com. We're going to talk some NFL, some college, and briefly touch on some high school football at the end of the podcast with uh, Ohio. Looking like they're going to finish their what a season. Weekend. It was a, the game I broadcast on Saturday night, the Wyoming game, I, heard, I still have I no it. earthly idea how they came back and won I that game. I watched it. I just have no I idea. watched two good high school games this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to guess you watched St. X and Lakota yes. West on Friday night. I, I did a different game there. I did the Moeller clubbing of highlands on friday yeah. night so uh, did both teams want to be there i know one team wanted to be there, that's for sure um so let's let's start with the bengals and the victory from yesterday we've had a whole lot of victories to talk about on these monday podcasts james i'll, I'll start with you um i think it's hard to explain how you can have the offensive line that was tried out there yesterday and performed the way they did i don't know how anybody explains it but this has been a Titans team that has been a little bit of a house of cards, especially up front. They've had a hard time getting pressure uh, against anybody. They've been awful on third downs, almost epically awful. They've been awful in the red zone. And I don't want to crap on this win because a win for the Bengals right now is great. But I think some of this had to do with the Titans maybe just aren't as oh, good as a 5-1 and one record. You're going to start with that? I am, am going to start with that. Oh, well, yeah, of course the Titans aren't. Uh, I mean, really? I, uh, uh, how, do you, how do you explain that offensive line's performance yesterday? Because you can't, right? You just can't. I think I think Joe Burrow hides a lot of it. I don't think they were as mm-hmm. good as we realize I, or, or, or as we think, you know, on the surface. No sacks allowed. Well, I think that's because Joe Burrow's getting the ball, get, getting rid of the ball quick most of the time. That, but they also rushed for over 100 yards for just the third time this year. Rushed for over 100 yards. Geo had 60 something, and, and then what? That's some a lot of Burrow yards. Uh, some, Higgins, some wide receivers, sure. Yeah, things like that. But yeah, you're they, they were effective running the ball. I I agree, and the offensive line did play well. But I, I think that the Bengals have done what I assumed they were going to do week one. Which is kind of scheme around their offensive line a bit, uh, line a bit. But there's no doubt. I mean, the offensive line played really well. I'm, I, I don't want to downplay that because I, I don't think either. I'm with you on that. But I, it, it's I, hard to explain it, right? I mean, it's almost impossible. I, Five I, guys who didn't start opening day started yesterday's game. And the Titans' pass rush stinks. I will say yes. that Jadavian Clowney is more overrated than Tony Beasley? Pike was in 2010. Terrible. Vic Beasley, yeah. Jadavian Clowney, what yeah. are they? Big names I, can't Clowney, play. Clowney, a free runner, by yeah. the way, and he can't get Burrow down. That was a hell of a play. I talked to my cousin lives in Tennessee. He was like, Jadavian Clowney is the number one hated man. Oh, I'm sure. In Nashville right now. And so, look, they played well and they brought intensity against the team that probably thought they were just going to roll over. And they deserve credit for that. And, I agree. And, and the offensive line, I didn't notice them negatively much. And I think a lot of that had, like I said, to do with the play calling. Tony? The game plan is, is a huge thing. And, and first of all, this, this is finally that, that Zach Taylor, they won a game they weren't supposed to win which we've been calling for because their wins to this point have been against teams they should have beat. They finally get that win against a team that was expected to beat them. I think Tennessee might have come into this almost thinking what we were. Offensive line, we'll be able to get there with four and kept the game plan maybe a little more simpler than they should have. Um, Look, I know the offensive line's been bad this year, and I know – that they've they've tried to piece together all they could. 
to to James's point, Joe Burrow just masked so much of that. Um, whether it's him getting in the right stuff pre-snap, whether it's him extending a play. Uh, you look at some of the passes under pressure yesterday. He made a play yesterday. Uh, he was getting pushed in the pocket, and he faked like he was going to run and then quickly pulled back yep. up, and the linebackers yep. both pulled up, and he dropped the ball yep. in. Yep. Like that's a, You don't see every quarterback in the NFL making that play, so he masked so much of what um, the offensive line gives up. But, I mean, outside of that, Tyler Boyd's been phenomenal. T. Higgins has been phenomenal. Uh, Giovanni Bernard played great yesterday. Auden Tate gave them a good piece. And you look at everything that's been going on, and this is just the offensive side of the ball. O-line out, Joe Mixon out, A.J. Green didn't do much. And we still see that performance from the offense. And the defense finally went to that kind of bend but don't break. Like, we know we're not great, but let's try to be great at one thing, and maybe that's getting stops when our backs are against the wall. And Jesse Bates comes up yeah, with a big huge. pick. That, so that was big to start. It was as much of a team win – as I can remember, and, and probably in the Zach Taylor era, because there's not many wins to talk about, but it was the biggest team win that 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 I can think of. Let's go to the wide receivers. Um, you would think, and we've talked about this before, when you don't have the guy to take the top off the defense, defenses can kind of condense you. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee didn't do that a lot, but the flip side of that is they did it enough to where guys had to make some contested catches. T makes the one along the sideline, which is still, I, I thought he was throwing it away, and I still don't know how he caught the ball. Auden Tate makes makes a play in the first half where he lunges for a first down. Mm-hmm. Makes the play in the in the fourth quarter along the sideline. Tyler Boyd makes that crazy catch that I still don't know how that ball got to anybody. Um, but but I think that's the part of it. If if you're not going to be able to do a lot down the field and you're going to have to do everything intermediate, Joe has to trust those guys and those guys have to make plays. And what they do yesterday made a lot of plays. Yep, and and those are the four guys he clearly has the most trust in. And, and I. It's, it's surprising to me in a way that Mike Thomas, it took this long for him to get surpassed given some of his mistakes, but that, that's clear. Auden Tate has, has surpassed him yeah, as Zach, a fourth Zach wide admitted receiver. as much, right? He, he said, he goes, yeah. I looked at the stats and realized Auden only had four catches and said, I got to get you more involved. Yeah, and, and I, I think part of it is is because Taylor really likes Mike Thomas, yeah. and that's, that's part of it. But you, you saw it again with Tate. And that's the thing is you don't have a burner, but you have a quarterback, and, and maybe this is the theme is the fact that he can hide the fact that you don't have a burner, the fact that he can hide that your offensive line, according to PFF, was still awful pass blocking yesterday, but it doesn't look that way, right? right? And I know that is only one metric, but it didn't look that way as we were watching it. But he can hide those things. And his rapport, his ability to go off script with T. Higgins specifically, Tyler Boyd, it's yeah, there was nuts another, right now. Yeah. The, the, those two guys are on another level with Burrow. Green yes. isn't there. Yes. No, right. Tate isn't there. No one else is. And I don't know how they got there. But they're there, and they're on a – it's crazy. Yeah, there, there was a play where he scrambled as well, and T came back to him. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember. It was kind of down around the 10- or 15-yard line. Mm-hmm. That was one of those unscripted plays you're talking about that T broke his route and did a great job to come back to Joe, and Joe scrambled around. It looked like one of those plays from the LSU days where actually it was one of those times the offensive line did give him a bunch yeah. of time. Mm-hmm. He had about eight or nine was seconds. Was the fourth down? I think it might – yeah, the fourth and six. It was the yeah. fourth, fourth and down. six. You're right, yeah. And I was like, that's the most – Yes, I, I turned yes. to Ben Baby. I was like, that's the most time Joe's ever had. Yes. And it was no, great it coverage. It looked like an LSU play, right? Yeah. Great coverage, yes. too, on yeah. that play. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how they're doing it with no over-the-top threat. Because you would think at some point a team would just say, we're going to come up and be super aggressive. Uh, the team they'll play after the bye, I think, will. Yes. Yep. We're going to come up and be super aggressive, and if you beat us over the top, then we'll adjust from there. Tyler Boyd, to me, is incredible because he doesn't have all three phases of the game. Right. He doesn't have the over-the-top threat, and he dominates week in and week. He's the most consistent player that I can remember, and he dominates week in and week out. 
without having the over-the-top. So He's on pace for 108 catches, and it, it, it never feels like – I mean, never has that game. Most guys that do that, they have that game where it's 12 yeah. catches and then 10 catches, and then one game it's one catch. Yep. For E&T, it's like six for 78. Doesn't look great. Probably as a fantasy owner, you're like, that guy's not worth a lot to me. But six for 78 over 16 games adds up to a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, uh, He's been no doubt about it consistent. And, again, it's crazy because he can't take the, the top right. off the defense. So it's like – how, how is he getting this? And it's exceptional route running. The ball placement yeah, the is, accuracy. Is, is phenomenal. The accuracy is on, a, on a whole different level. But it is. It's a uh, Watching Joe Burrow with, with Higgins and Boyd and knowing you're going to have them for the foreseeable future, and then you add in um, Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard for the foreseeable future, and Auden Tate, with, if, if that's the, the route that you go, this team to me, I know the offensive line's makeshift, I think this team's a good pass-catching tight end away from being almost unstoppable on offense because as crazy as it is, at 2-5-1, and one, when the Bengals get the ball, regardless of who's out there, as long as it's Joe Burrow, I feel like they're going to move the ball and score. Yeah, I mean, it's literally been one game where the offense has not yes. – not- I don't even say not excelled. I mean, that's it's first, just a Baltimore first game. go around against yes. Baltimore. Yeah, and I want to see. I want to see how he adjusts to that. Um, I want to talk about two guys, and 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 both on the offense still. Billy Price and, and Giovanni Bernard. Billy Price has had his job taken away from him, and some of that's just the way the game goes. Gio has has seen Jeremy Hill come through here and surpass him. He saw them draft Joe Mixon, who then surpassed him, and through it all. Um, they keep giving him contracts, and he keeps sticking around, and he doesn't get a lot of touches. And in the last two weeks when they've needed him to, to do something, he's averaged 18 touches, 90 – I think you're doing this off the top of my head. I want to say 97 yards in touches. Um, great pass blocker, great in blitz pickup. The two guys, I, I just – got to tip your cap and go, they were pros about all this. Billy shut his mouth when the time came, got a game ball for it yesterday. you, you got to give guys like that a lot of credit. No doubt about it. Especially, Billy might not be the backup center this week. Uh, I don't think he will be. I think he'll be starting for somebody by next weekend. It, it, well, we're going we're to get to some trade talk. No, no, no. And that, that's great because be. that's up my alley. But, of course it is, right? But B.J. Finney was brought here for a reason. Oh, yes. He yes. was brought here for a reason. To be the so backup. the fact that they traded, yeah, a guy that w- was a backup, made 13 starts, I believe, Something in Pittsburgh like yeah. over four years. Yeah. And, and for Billy to not – overreact that way yep. and say all right this is a this is a great opportunity and and he treated it that way he recovered from one sort of bad snap and one really yes, bad yeah, snap yeah that was weird and yeah that one was that was like me trying to throw a football to tony or something it was way off anyways it was uh it was good to see him play well for him yes it, he was a competent player that that's what we expect from trey hopkins every week but 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 it was good to see and and you're right he's he, you've never heard anything bad about him or no. him griping about his roar or anything, which would be hard if I was a first-round pick. Absolutely. I might be thinking about uh, griping if I, I didn't even get a shot to start at, at guard or, or compete for one of the starting guard jobs. And, um, yeah, so I it, it, tap, your kip to, uh, tap your cap to Billy Price. Tip your Pri- cap. Tip your cap, yeah. There it is. Tap your cap to <laughs> so Billy Price. It's like, it, it, like Drake or Patrick. He used to do that. I think his thing was – was he, I think it was drip your hat or something like drip that. Yeah, something weird. He always, he drip always, your he, hat he always Billy Price. He always messed that up. Um, but Geo, man, Geo's good. I think people forget how good Geo is. It's Gio's just the problem is he just isn't durable enough to do it for 16 games at that level. But when you he sure? gets up, I'm positive because I saw it. I saw it the one year where he was the starter over Jeremy Hill. And five games into that season, he got broken in eight, and then Jeremy got his opportunity and kind of went by him. I've seen it before, and it's no knock. It just is what you are. Um, but yes, in short doses. 
Absolutely. I want Such that a guy. valuable piece. I want that guy on my roster. Can I ask you something, Tony? Would you rather have two Geos then that can split duty with the offense that we've seen over the past couple of weeks or have Joe Mixon return and have Joe and Geo? Oh. Be honest. Because uh, the offense. I'd still rather have Joe. Let's be honest. The way the, the, offense, the offense has looked over the last two weeks. The past two weeks. It's been fluid. It, it, because it doesn't I, miss a beat. Because when you have a $48 million guy, I think as an offensive coordinator, you you remind yourself you have to like feed him carries. But we also talked about before the year. True. Who's the main weapon? Who also, get the touches? But that was we all said it. But that was before the year. And now watching what Joe Burrow has okay. done through this first half, I'm like, you know what? The, pa- the the past two games, I don't think Zach Taylor has felt the pressure to, oh, i got to give Giovanni Bernard X amount of care. It's Gio's great, in, in, and again, Joe Mixon is a better player. Uh, but Gio's really good in pass protection. Well, and, and I will say, you know, there's been some rumblings of why can't Joe stay on the field on third down. I think you're starting to That's see why. It, that they trust this guy to absolutely pass block on third down if he has to. And, and I, I wonder, and I want them to, when Joe comes back, because he'll come back probably week 10, I would assume. The bye week. Uh, After the bye week. Yeah, week 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I would assume. I get my weeks and games mixed up. No, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Steelers game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I assume he'll be back then. Still Can you just use him the same way you use Geo? Like, the, the, the same way you're motioning him in and out of the backfield and he, he's getting, you know, 8 to 12 carries, but he's involved in the passing game. That, that's all. In, in, in whole make an impact that way. I mean, I, if we're seeing Gio do it, I, I think Joe can do the same thing. I will say, I think you're all's point, and, I, and I'm still going to go back to feeding Joe Mixon if it's me, but to your all's point, you don't have to worry with Gio in the game on first and second down to call a pass play. Right. I think the fear is if Joe's in the game. He wants the ball. Either he wants the or, ball or he's not good at, as good at picking up the blitz, and, and Gio is. And you, we take it for granted. And maybe some of the offensive line, maybe from last week. I mean, the second half they didn't allow a sack, didn't allow a sack yesterday. Some of that is the offensive line and Gio. And I'm sure you watched it enough. I watched some Ajay P. Ryan. Those guys stone people coming in. There was one where Clowney just absolutely abused the, the rookie identity. Just went right around him, and Geo stood him up right there. Burrow was able to step into his throw. I, it's just stuff that you don't see, and does, there's no stat for that. But coaches know it. Um, they see it. And, and I think there's some there's some truth to what you guys are talking about. I'm just going to go back to if it's me, Joe Mixon's my right, weapon. Right, but when you, when you pay a guy $48 million, when you're calling plays, you have to feel like you have to give sure. him X amount of touches. and. I think those these last two weeks, Zach Taylor has kind of been free of that. And it's like what we see yesterday, no huddle, up-tempo, uh, the first few drives, let's, let's move, let's, let's change formations, and you start to see some of that. And, again, I don't know if that's just Zach Taylor evolving or if that's – I just – we don't know if Joe Mixon can, can do all those things for us. And I would do all of those th- – th- that's my point. Joe, put your nose in there because look at how good our offense can be if you are willing to be a pass blocker, and you are not only willing but good at it, good and become at, yeah. good at it, and he's got the size to certainly be good at it, and a great teacher in Geo. But but my, my takeaway from you explaining that, if him stonewalling, Jadavian Clowney, Geo Bernard left tackle. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Five nine, two hundred and ten pound left tackle. Get him on the field. <laughs> He could have still. He'd be Clowney. eligible every play. Yeah, exactly. He'd be the sixth oh, line. He'd be the sixth lineman. That'd be so good. Clowney still wouldn't have a sack. That's right. No, he probably wouldn't. That's that's probably um, true. And and outside of, I mean, Geo aside, because Geo is fantastic. If Billy Price has a good agent, Billy Price's agent sat down with Billy on Saturday and said, "Look, our best, our Put best some chance tape out there, bro, is you go have your best best tape, your best game, and let me do work. Let me go out there and, and see what's what's possible." You're a former first-round pick. You've kind of been buried in the depth chart. Here's your latest game when you got an opportunity. And Billy Price, to his credit, did that. Now, 
it would be the next step in the Bengals actually doing something, which yeah. we'll get we'll to. We'll get to in, it in a second. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a lot of talk after the game, a lot of questions asked about and to players and to Zach Taylor about does this feel like you, you got some validation for the way you're doing things? And and we keep hearing their play away, they're close. We feel close. We feel close. Uh, we hear, we hear about culture and all those things, and I know we all start to roll our eyes at all of that, and understandably so because it just gets nauseating to continually hear. It was a tumultuous week, the Carlos Dunlap stuff, the John Ross stuff, um, and, and yet they put all that aside and went out and won. Do you think that this provided some level of validation? I'm not going to talk complete. I mean, there's, he's still 419-1 and one as a coach, so there's not complete validation. But they got rid of Carlos Dunlap. They've kind of taken the white noise of John Ross and pushed it aside. They've continued to, to, to play hard. Um, I, I don't think that's ever been in doubt. Do you think that, that yesterday's win provided some level of validation for what he's trying to do? I do, to a degree, because you need to you need to start somewhere. Sure. And starting somewhere by beating a, a, a division leader, a team that should have crushed you. Six, on, point, six on, and a half point favorite. On paper, yeah. You're six and a half point home dog. Yep. You're missing all these players, and you go up and down the field on offense, and your defense bends but doesn't break. I mean, it it, it brings everyone together, and I, and I would say that the offense probably felt like they should have won the past couple of games. No doubt. And the de- it, this might have been bigger – for the defense. I agree to, with that. To, not that they played great, because I don't think they did. And you look at the yards. But they played well. They And they played a, a, probably about as well as you could have expected. For yeah, them. For, for them, them that is what you expect. And, 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 and that's the kind of their blueprint. We talk about blueprints. They're going to give up yards. No question. That, that's it. You know, they're not going to be able to stonewall people or get 10 sacks. or. But if you force a turnover here or there – Get a key play on third down. Here Let the now. offense give you some breathing room too, right? That's what that did. It and allowed the offense to give them the breathing room. Exactly, well, and it, it just it, it felt like they were in control the entire game, even though they were giving up yards. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think of anything, the offense was probably confident going into Sunday because they had d- been dominant. But the defense needed that, and I think Lou Anarumo needed. I think that. he did too. Well, that that game changes because of the Jesse Bates interception. Yes, because for the first time, you then build a ten nothing lead, mm-hmm. and it's not just possession to possession and there's so much pressure but okay now we have a little breathing room and now we can build on this and there were certain times yesterday where it's like all right here we go they're gonna bangle well it felt i mean 24 7 you thought comfortable then then you think 24 14 but then they answer right back and again yeah. there was just that breathing room of mm-hmm. a couple score lead and right and maybe maybe lou did change things defensively at that point and he wanted them to chew up five or six minutes of clock to score, not two and a half minutes right. like they did both times but the biggest possession to me was the first possession of the third I, quarter because they finally oh, when, got a stop. When, when Tennessee, Tennessee got the yes. kick off to start the second half. Because yeah. in your mind, you're still thinking like, all right, how are we going to blow this one? And to get that stop, it kind of set a little bit of a different tone. But was it Marvin Lewis that would always say, I see better than I hear? Uh, yes, that was because one of his that, famous. Because the, the, the thing with this team, and, and when you're covering a team, and when you follow a, a team so closely, and they're 1-5-1, and one, and they win, it's very easy to – get emotional about that win and it's very easy to to take that win as more than one win and think well we're, we're turning the corner to me I still got to see more and and to me I, I still need that level of consistency and I know look I know coming out of the bye it's not going to be easy no but I, I like the litmus test of coming out of the I do. bye it was kind of like you felt like there was a little corner turning where they should have beaten Philadelphia and maybe mm-hmm. should have won the Charger game and then they got smacked in the mouth by Baltimore okay they were coming off the Jacksonville win at that point you thought okay this might be a, this team may go to Baltimore and give them a game. Didn't, right? I, I like the litmus test coming out of the bye of a, of, a, of of a quality opponent. Then you see, okay, where are you? I think this team is in that group of 
Not good enough to beat the Pittsburghs and Baltimore. But good enough to beat the mid-pack down. Yeah, I and I think you're seeing that because yeah. the Colts are mid-pack, the, the Browns are mid-pack, the, the Chargers are below, but e- even the Eagles are going to end up, in my eyes, winning a division. A division winner. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily because of the coaching or because of their talent or if it's a lot to do with number nine. Yeah. Right. I, you know, and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I, I just, I think he's been so great and he continues to, to, to push forward here. And that's fine. If you're Taylor, if you're this group, use it. <laughs> that can get you three more years if you do it no, right. No, you know, no, at no least. Question. So, um, yeah, I, I do like that you get Pittsburgh. You get two weeks to prepare and you want to talk about a prove it. Yes. For Zach Taylor, for Lou Anarumo, for everybody. Man, if you give them a game, they're the best team in the NFL right now. They are. They just are. They're the, the only know, undefeated I, I, team. I, I, if I'm going to give you 100 bucks, are you going to put it on them or the Chiefs? Tampa Bay. But, okay, it, but, right, or Tampa Bay. But okay. that's me. But And I'm saying this before they lose to the Giants on Monday night. No, that's not, I, think, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> God, if that happens. Anyways, um, but there's a chance that they are the be- they play the Cowboys next they week. They do, yes. So they'll roll the Cowboys. Yep. They're going to be undefeated going no. into that matchup. Yep. That's house money. And, and with nine, if I'm Zach Taylor, I feel like i got a puncher's chance. So you have two weeks to prepare. Get to preparing. Yep. I think that's the – I think that's the – the model going in now with Joe Burrow at quarterback, you at least feel like you're going to put up points. Um, and I know that Pittsburgh defense is a different animal. I, I like you watch that. First of all, just real quick, the NFL shame on you for making Dallas and Philly the Sunday night game and not I flexing. Seen, I would have loved to have seen Philly like, or Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Like yes. Why wouldn't that game get flexed weeks ago? Well, the only thing I can think of is is there are, and I don't know all the TV rights, but each network also gets to protect certain games. Oh, so. Um, it, it's possible CBS protected that game that couldn't right. be flexed. You're allowed to do that because okay. you don't want every good game taken from you right. to put on another network. That's so just felt, that could have happened. With the Bengals going at one, it's like it almost took away because yeah. I'd like to watch yeah. a yeah. lot of that game. But, um, no, you, you have a puncher's chance because you have Joe Burrow. Now, for Joe Burrow, it's the next step of first time around with the Baltimore Ravens. It, you know, they're seeing some stuff you haven't seen. You're going to see the same stuff with Pittsburgh. Yep. And you are – that Pittsburgh will go out of their way to make sure that you feel their presence. Uh, they're going to find ways to hit you. And if that takes coming up and pressing on the outside and, and trying to get to you quick, that's what you're going to see. I am I am excited. Um, a few weeks ago, I was not looking forward to this game. I would say now I'm looking forward to seeing what have you, they can have do you with made an the opportunity. Well, have you made the progress? Yes. Oh, yeah. Where do you stack I'm, up? I'm with I, you on that. I want to see. How, oh. Have you made the progress we think you've made? Right, I get that. Because here, you, here, let, let's go here. What changes are they going to make on the offensive line now between that, after that, that's Sunday? A great, that is a great question. I can't wait to ask, ask Zach about it. Are any is anything going to be made outside well, of injuries and things? Yeah, like I, 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 I think Bobby Hart's down for a while, right? So I think we'll I continue to see Fred Johnson. I think I'll go on IR this week. Jonah will be back. I'm assuming at left tackle. Trey will be back. I'm assuming at center. Michael Jordan, they they love right or wrong, they love oh. him. He'll be the left guard, and then I, really. I, I'm assuming that, and maybe I shouldn't. Um, they seem to have a love for Michael Jordan, though, he right? He shouldn't be playing. He's a baby. He's 22. I'm, again, they seem to have a love for him, do they yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. Um, they, no, they do. No doubt about it. But, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of options in there now, though. Suofilo's going to be back here at some point, maybe, after the bye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alex Redmond's held his own at right guard. It's not like I go, man, that guy sucks. And he was good yesterday. He was good yesterday, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting interesting to see who the five that get trotted out there because I do think Jonah will be back health-wise. 
Trey will be back health-wise. Bobby will not, so I think that makes Fred the right tackle by default. And Fred's played, I think it's a better position for him. Tackle, for whatever reason, is a much better fit for him than guard. But it will be interesting to see who they try it out there. Can I give you my line? Yeah. Jonah, you're Quentin. Going le- you're going left to right. Left to right. Jonah, Quentin. Spain, yep. Right now, Trey Hopkins. Who? Kevin Zeitler. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> Kevin Zeitler. Absolutely. And we'll get to the trade. That's a, that's a good uh, I think Red, I think probably Redmond, Red, yeah. probably Redmond for now, yeah. but, but but it's not bad to have Xavier Suafilo right there. Yes, and, and then I would probably say Fred Johnson, but Akeem Adenogy. Do, I, does, I, yeah, does he get to compete for that spot? I like then now? what I saw. I did too. He had a couple I, of bad moments, yep. but he's a, playing his first game basically. He's fast, good with his feet. Yep, good spiker, great spiker. Yes, on the Akeem Adenogy side, um, James and I talked about this on our, our Bengals Brawl podcast about the Bengals. Yesterday, the contributions from their draft picks. No doubt. Burrow, Higgins. Um, what Logan Wilson, out, What you've got out of the linebacker core right now. Um, Davis offensive line. Khalid Kareem played. Yeah, he offense, actually put some pressure on a couple times. O-line, One through six. Yeah, D-line, literally six their draft first, picks. Their first six draft picks. And, again, that is a anomaly when you look at no, Cincinnati no over doubt. the past few years. No so, doubt. Um, as we get into these trade talks, I think that is – more reason to lean a certain way. If, yeah. If, if yeah, no, remains. yeah, we'll get. I have one more question before we get to the trade talks. Tony, Tony keeps bringing it up. We, we have we have not um, killed us. We've not we we did not the the Carlos Dunlap stuff went down after our, we did the podcast last week. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, did the Bengals wind up handling that the right way? Obviously, I don't think Carlos did. His dad then spoke out, was a knucklehead. But terrible. Did, but did did the Bengals get I what they could have gotten out of this deal? I think they did. They did. So, it, in a vacuum, it was. Everything they could have gotten, and probably more than we thought. Yeah, yeah. When you saw picking a player like, I was thinking a conditional seventh, yeah, you know, right, sixth, right. or whatever. So they get a seventh and a backup lineman, an interior lineman, and get him off the books. Who's capable and get him off the books? Absolutely. And the so yes, they did. Now, I'm not going to completely praise them because they completely whiffed here on the Dunlap deal from this standpoint. If the coaching staff was going to reduce his role, and it was known coming into the year, which it was, then the front office should have dealt him in March. No question. And that, that's, that's the disconnect, though. And that's, and that's not problem. on his coaching staff. If that's what the coaching staff thought, that's on the people in the front office well, it, for it, hanging on too long. It, it's on both of them for not coming to a, a, conclu- a, a resolution here. I guess, but if I'm the coaching staff and go to the front office and say, listen, try to make a deal for this guy because he's not really in our plans, and they go, no, we really like him. And you don't, I mean, what do you do then? You have to try to make it work. And they tried. Yeah. No, and, and you're right. Maybe it's just as simple as the coaching staff, hey, deal this guy. No, we don't want to. Well, we're not going to play him. Right. And, and and that takes his value. And that's where they're at with, with Dunlap. So what could they have gotten in March for him? Mm. A third. A third or a fourth. He had eight sacks in seven games. And in March, the last year. theoretically, they knew what direction they were going, right? Oh yeah. Like, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. So yeah. so that should be that should be your outlier going forward of let's not wait too long anymore. Mm-hmm. Let let's strike while the iron's hot because they did all they could with the Dunlap deal with how it transpired. They didn't do enough on the front of it to, yeah, no, right. to make sure that that doesn't happen. And now you need to make sure that it doesn't happen somewhere else on this roster. All right. Well, and, let, let, let's let's segue. And I think go ahead. I was and, just and again, segue there. Well, no, and, and I think that the only the bad thing about it is. Carlos Dunlap was really good for really long here in Cincinnati. When he, you, when he wanted to when be. When he wanted to be. And you don't get that kind of production from every guy you bring in. So from what he did on the field and what he did in the community, you hated to see how it ended. No doubt. Um, but for both sides to kind of walk away, I mean, Dunlap's going to get a chance on a really good Seattle team. And I think he's going to probably play pretty well. 
and the Bengals get something in return for it. So both sides end up winning on yeah, that. That's, on that that's usually what you want out of trades, to be honest. All right, let's talk some trades. I'm just going to throw some players at you one by one. I don't think they can move Geno Atkins because of the contract. It's clear that he's kind of in that Carlos Dunlap mold, too, where they've decided to move on from him. On the, on the Geno thing, though, when, the, when it's reported by Albert Breer last week that teams have inquired and that the Bengals come out and say Geno is not available, why? Like yeah, if, I, if, I, you're, if I, you're the Bengals, I'm with you. Why not just why not just ask high? Why would you just say no? He's not, he's, yeah, he's, if, if he's you, not even playing twenty snaps. Dude, he is he, still he is still owed a big yes. chunk of change. So if anyone's calling, and it's a big cap hit if you just got rid of correct. him. So I mean, if anybody gives you anything, anything. for Gino, I'm taking. If it. you're listening, like, hey, we're going to take this money off your books, and we'll give you this. Why in the world, for a guy that's playing less than 20 snaps a game, would you say, nope, not interested? And it's not injury-related. I think we can now make Why? that standardly clear. This is no longer – this is – so, so if it's And not, if you watch him, he's not very productive either, right? So if he's not productive and it's not injury-related and he's playing less than 20 snaps a game, why are you so hell-bent on keeping him? I don't know. Why are you not listening to something? Mike Brown falls in love with guys. Man, like that – when I saw that report last week, it was like it was like a dagger because it – Right in my mind, I'm like, well, they're not going to do anything. Then then we're going to sit here again and and wait and hope that they would have made moves. All right, let's go to A.J. Green. Do they move him? Should they move him? What could they get? They're not going to move him. I don't think they are either. Should Should they? Should they move him? Depends on what they could get. I don't. I'm not just moving him to move him because the way we just talked about this, we just talked about this offense, and he matters. He had Malcolm Butler trailing him the whole day on Sunday. That that does. And I don't know why but you, are you would do good, that. But here's my question. Are you going to re-sign him after this year, though? I think that's the decision you have Absolutely to make now. Not. Are you re-signing A.J. Green after this season? Even if I'm not, I'm not taking a sixth or a set. There, there's a limit here. Why? Why would you not take something? Eight, eight more games with Burrow. is is it, it helps Burrow. It helps the offense. It helps you win. It helps you evaluate Zach Taylor. All so you go 6-9-1 or 5-11 or five eleven or whatever. Moving on from A.J. Green lets Joe Burrow get more reps with the young guys. You're gonna you you guys would take a sixth right round now. pick for right. yes yes out of your damn minds how you could easily oh my god are you because I go me? back to you're not going to resign him so what what are, is the, are you short first off I, I would say that the Bengals are still probably leaning on oh re-signing. I think they probably are oh. and I, I just don't think you should do that I I, oh. I, I agree at this I mean he's stage making you, 18 mil in the franchise tag what do you think he's going to make free what is he going to ask for free agent wise it's going to be at least 18 mil one I agree. That that they they probably shouldn't too. I think you can get more than a late fifth because you got to think it's a contending team. Yeah, I, so, I, I would say this: if if I'm the Saints, I'm giving up. I'm giving up a, a day two pick, maybe even a day a, a third round pick to, to get that guy at this at this no, moment. No, that the Saints. Because this is it. This is the, the last Packers, go round for Drew Brees. Packers, yes. I, I keep hearing about that. Will Fuller? Why wouldn't you go after Green if you're the Packers? Correct. And you have Green on the opposite of Devontae Adams. Yes. They have they have three fourth round picks next year. Yeah, it's it, and honestly, for a fourth, you'd do it. Absolutely, and that's what I'm saying. Or, or maybe it's a fifth and a seventh. I'm, I'm just not going to give him away, though. He does have value, and I get it. Well, it's I, easy, I do. I, the thing I will say is to say no. You know, I'll oh, just get rid of him. Well, I'm to, not going to, to do that. To your point, I do think there are enough suitors that you can play a couple teams against each other here, and that, and that, and I think that's the part where you could get some value for AJ. Question: Green. Here's how you get value for AJ Green. You call the Cleveland Browns and you say, hey, "Yes," I, and that's the thing yes. they will never do. But I would have done it with Dunlap. They needed a damn edge rusher in Cleveland, and they still do desperately. They also need There's a receiver. another edge rusher we can talk to him about. They, they, they need a receiver as well. We're talking about another edge rusher. Who? Carl Lawson. Ooh. I, well, don't know. I, I don't know if you do that. Let's in go to him. Here, let's let's go I don't to know him. if you do so, that in so division. On the, the, on the, AJ, Green, on yeah. the A.J. Green side, right now, you won a game yesterday, and A.J. Green had two catches. 
Carlos Dunlap played 20 snaps. But you're right. He did take their best corner right. away. The whole game. Right. Yeah. You didn't have Joe Mixon. You had a makeshift offensive line. And Joe Burrow still found a way to win. So all of these questions that are being asked right now about trading, my mind is on making this team as formidable as possible around number nine. And going forward, that's not another deal for A.J. Green. The going Bengals forward, are, the Bengals argue that it might be, though. But going forward, that would be getting a fifth or fourth round pick for A.J. Green and turning that into a tackle in in a trade or something. I mean, again, I go back. Trent Williams was dealt for a fifth round pick this year and a, and a third next year. You can't do that if you don't have the picks stockpiled. So, And, and the other part to it is you clear out some money, too, if you get rid of AJ yes. for the rest of this year to make some kind of deal. You've already cleared out sure. the Dunlap money for next year. It's and, $2.2 million. And for a contending hit. team for A.J. Green, it's a half-season rental. Let yes. me Let me give you a proposal. Ready? I'm fired. Fire it on me. A.J. Green for Zach Ertz. Who says no? Zach Ertz has another year left on his deal. They got he Goddard. Wants, they got who they got? They got Goddard. Got, who else? They, they, have, they, they have three tight ends. I'm they Goddard, Goddard. Goddard's, their, Goddard's their lead guy now. Yeah, they have Goddard, and then um, uh, another. He's a backup. Richard yeah. uh, Richard Rogers. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I knew they, had, but they have, but they play all three of them. Ertz, so in a heartbeat, Ertz is in a heartbeat. Uh, he's 29. He's about to be 30. He he has one more year on his contract. He does want a new deal. So what you're doing now is you're committing to Ertz. You're saying Ertz is a part of our plan here. And you want to because he's going to want to get paid, you know, a two two to three more years down the line. Sure. So maybe you can rework his sure. deal and extend him. Your thoughts? I, I do it. I, did Thaddeus Moss get drafted? He he's actually on the Redskins okay. injured reserve or on the Washington okay. injured reserve. Because I watched what Joe Burrow did with Thaddeus oh, Moss last I year. I would I would get him a pass catching tight end in a heartbeat. And he didn't get drafted, by the way. I know. I'd get him. I'd get him a pass catching test. So Zach Ertz, you, you you think he has something left? That's I all. do because yes. I think that's the concern yes. in Philly. Yeah, I do too. If I think you move it's, a guy, it's a no brainer. And he's coming to play with Joe Burrow. Probably get a little more motivated too. My, yeah, you got Carson Wentz running around like a chicken with his head chopped off. Or you got Joe Burrow dropping dimes. I would offer Green for Ertz straight up, and, and then I would offer a pick if I had to get Ertz too. Either way, I mean, I'd be willing to deal for Ertz. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all living in a pipe dream world here because all the things we're talking about will never happen. Well, they should hire by, me as GM by, by, and we win. By, by 4 o'clock tomorrow, we're going to be going, we're going to be hearing crickets. But but you would do that, though. Yes, I would. I, I absolutely and, would. And, and honestly, I think that helps Philly because they have Goddard, and now they all of a sudden they have this big outside receiver sure. in green. So Beats the Fulgums and the Wards of the world, right? If you're them. Or, or it compliments them. Or it compliments them, yeah. AJ it, and a John Ross package for Zach Ertz. All right, so yeah, let's go to John, John Ross. Um, John you, Ross do, and a pick for Ertz. Do, do you believe they move John Ross? They should. Uh, it doesn't – yes, I do. Because this idea in this narrative, and it's out there right now, that no one is willing to trade for Ross. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all because he, because of $2 million remaining. You can not, not even for no, a no, seven. I, I think it's less than that because, again, I think it was two going into the year, so they've already paid half. So oh. I think it's only like a mil. I think I'm doing this off the top of my head. I, I think okay. it's only like a mil and a half or a mil two. It's, Honestly, it's very cheap. I don't care if I'm a contending sure. team and I need speed and I can't get Will Fuller, who's the guy that ev- everyone's wants, talking right. about. Well, am I willing to give up a sixth or a seventh? And for probably a, a for seventh a, for a one year re- or a one million dollar eight game rental. For a absolutely. Guy who entered the league and people are going to laugh. Entered the league as a better prospect than Will Fuller. Right. Was a better prospect, no doubt. And they both have injury issues. I I would do it. And he's got something that you can't teach. He has speed. And for a contending team to take the top on the – and look, again, we, we've talked about this. For an offensive coordinator in the NFL to find a way to utilize John Ross, that would be an inviting thing for – you watch – and I know he's not on Tyreek Hill's stratosphere, but Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid are 
strong because of ways they use him. Call the Chiefs. And there's <laughs> and they, they feel like they just want to add a new toy every three right. every three weeks. But but I'd the call every team. But the Tyreek Hill greatness is is also what Tyreek Hill does as a decoy. Sure. On a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of teams, they can find ways to use speed and a former first round pick. I, I I just I don't think there's enough teams that that would say, well, he's not worth a try. I mean, uh, I would say a majority we, of the teams we, would I, say he's worth a shot. I would say, why would you not be willing to give up a seventh round pick for a for a half a season rental? He, again, he's a free agent after the year. If, yep. if if he comes in and he's a turd like he has been here, um, then you can move on quickly. It's not like mm-hmm. you're taking a guy and you got you got to pay him for three more years for hope he does something. You're only paying for eight games. If I'm the 49ers. Absolutely, you know. Oh my, I can't imagine him in, in Shanahan's system. I, I, I think it will work right away. Seventh I, round pick in a washing machine. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think I, Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. So here's the question. But, but we, he's friends with Taylor, and I, I wonder there if, if Taylor would be like, he's, he's a third. Don't trade for him. Yeah, maybe. But well, but why would he do that? But I think sometimes as a coach, you kind of have to say, listen, fresh start. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give him a fresh start. All Heck, of those. Even things. the Saints. Yes. If, if they don't want AJ. Why wouldn't you give up a seventh for John? Yeah, because that Michael Thomas marriage doesn't seem to be going very well at the moment. Well, it's Weird. just a guy who could compliment all those others. Yes, you know. Yeah. No, no. I. Okay. So, so the the point that we 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 keep say, we say, saying should they, and will they? The disappointing part is, listen, if you've moved on from this kid and they clearly have, mm-hmm. um, are you gonna? Is this a punishment then you're to keep him down him for eight weeks? What are you, What are you doing? Yeah, give him a shot. You're six deep at receiver. With him down, yes, that's how they feel. They they like Erickson. We could debate it all. They no, like they Erickson. do, but and they should. He's fine. He's a good player. We, you can agree with this. They've clearly moved on from the kid. Moved on completely. Yes. I want them to trade him yes. because he like he wants everybody wants and it's it's weird. And I think they move him. I really do, just because I think it kind of has reached that Carlos Dunlap stage of the front office now can see it and it, go, okay, you know what? Let's go ahead and do this. Let's admit the mistake and move on. And here's the problem, and this is on the coaching staff. If the if the leash was so damn short that he was going to get two games, and I get it, it's a lot of snaps, seven targets, and he was going to be active for one more game. If that was it, he should have been dealt this offseason. If that was the leash, or he should have been dealt in camp, there's no way you you can bring him I, aboard. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, James, you're, is, you're is tanking this. his value. I, I thought he looked really good at the one point in camp. Then he went away because of his son with the COVID, mm-hmm. came back and got hurt, and it just felt like at that point it just dropped off the cliff. And maybe that early part in camp is what they had hoped of. Yeah. Okay, guys turning the corner. Feels like they moved on when he left. Yes. And that's no – I mean, and they, and they, when his son and has and COVID, and they, that's and no fault of his own. And then they did throw him in for the two games, and he was very unproductive. And, and I think at that point – Right or wrong, they said, "All right, you know what? This is no longer." Then trade work. him right then, right? Maybe. Which is that, a theme that, here. that Friday, yeah, maybe when Auden Tate's agent. I think your was fear. Complaining. I think your fear, though, then too, is if you get a couple wide receivers hurt, you still at least have that guy in the system. Sure, but now you, look, now now you've clearly moved on. But from now it. instead of getting a fifth, it, it's it's a seventh at best. Yeah, and maybe but trade you can the kid. finagle. I mean, don't, maybe you could finagle finagle your way to into a conditional, a, a conditional sixth. Yeah, maybe. maybe Maybe if you get a couple people bidding against each other. Gosh, I mean, you, you really might be talking about like a pick swap. You giving up your seventh to move up eight spots, or, or ten spots depending on where into the sixth round. Yeah, for for uh, and, and that's it. That's all you get for Ross. But point is, they should trade him. No, doubt. I think we all agree. No doubt. I, I hope they. And do. I think they will. I think that's one that I can. If you hell, he could help the Titans. He could help so many teams. Yes. Yeah. No question. We're not all talking right. about a star. The other guy, Billy Price, and, and knowing that Trey's 
probably back after the bye, and he is the starting center. They make the trade for B.J. Finney, who, look, he's not a 12-game starting kind of a guy that you want to do that, but he's certainly obviously a capable enough backup, it seems like. Billy, and all the guards that you now have with Quentin Spain and Suofilo coming back, it feels like they've kind of crowded that position for a reason, maybe to find somebody that wants Billy. And and the tape he's put out the last game and a half, maybe that value's gone from a sixth to a fifth. Do it. So the question is, Will they? Should they deal Billy Price? Should they? Yes, <laughs> but not. But it isn't a raw scenario where I'm just giving him away. It isn't. No, no. So I'm not. It not. He's not got a, another year on his contract. Seven, exactly. So on his I'm, not, deal. I'm not just giving him away to give him away because he's still he's here. He's clearly good in the locker room. All that stuff. But yeah, if you get a fifth, sign me up. If you can package him with something to get the Ertz or whatever else, that, then sign me up because that's a, an asset. That's di- that's just depreciating. It, so it, if it's a fifth now, just take it. If it's a seventh now, you might as well just hold on to it. And it just feels to me like the the, the pieces they've gone and gotten here, and some of it is they had to fill the roster out. I, I do understand that. Mm-hmm. But the B.J. Finney coming back just sounds awful convenient that they, you know, look, they kind of knew where they were going into the week, that Billy was the starter, Trey will be back. If we're going to deal Billy, we better have at least somebody that can play the position. Finney can do it, so let's, you know, they may have asked for that kid coming back. It may not have been Seattle going, yeah, we can give you Finney. It may have been, we'll give you, we'll take that cra- crappy seventh-round pick you're going to give us, but we need some kind of backup lineman. We want that guy. And they admitted they knew some things about B.J. Finney. It just feels like they, they've they almost positioned themselves to make this trade, Tony. Should they? Yes. Will they? No. And, and that's the theme I think of, they, see, that's I think the theme they do. of what I feel with the Bengals. Wow, um, you th- so do. you think three trades. I think two. I, I, well, I'm in- including Dunlap. Three trades. Yeah. I know, crazy, isn't it? That's more than they've had since 1985 coming into the year. Yeah, no, no, wow. it's, it's crazy. It's crazy thing. It, it just, the, like I said, the way they've stockpiled the roster in the last week feels like they realize they're going to deal the guy, and you need to have yeah. a backup plan ready. I hope so because it would it would signify that that they understand what kind of opportunity they have, and they understand what they have with Joe Burrow and um, to maximize what Joe Burrow is, you have to build around it and the way that other successful teams have built around players is by stockpiling draft picks and getting the assets and using those assets to either acquire more draft picks or to acquire more proven commodities in the NFL to build around Joe Burrow. And, again, I, I just hope I hope for the Bengals' sake that they don't sit there yesterday and they're like, oh, we're close, we're good, we're, we're, let, let's not ruffle the feathers because we're turning this thing around on our own. I hope for the sake of, of number nine – that this team sits back and says, man, we, we got something really special here, and we need to change the way we've done things in the past and realize that, that we have an opportunity not just to, to make the playoffs, but to try to win and, and, and get to a Super Bowl at some point in the Joe Burrow era, and that would start at, at tomorrow's trade deadline. And lastly, I'm not going to use a player here, the flip side to all this is we're talking about dealing some assets to acquire draft pick assets. Mm-hmm. If somehow, and I don't know who this someone or, or someones would be, but if you could get a proven tackle um, and it would cost you maybe not your first-round pick but one of the day twos or maybe maybe both days, whatever, mm-hmm. day twos down the road, would you be willing to do that? I think I would. 130%. Yeah. You know, I, I, if, if you're talking about a – Starting a pro, level, a starting level, not maybe yeah. not all pro Pro Bowl caliber. I'm but not, I'm not st- looking for the pipe dream of plug that. and play yes. guy who's yes. just going to come in in 
honestly like a uh, like the almost like the Trey Hopkins of right tackle, maybe a little better than that. Sure. Like it, probably a little better than that. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. a steady guy, good locker room guy. Got good tape. You know what you Abso- get. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's why Tony, to his point, he wants to unload all these other guys. Because that guy is going to be available. And whether it's between now and the trade deadline or this offseason, that guy's going to be available. And instead of banking on a draft pick to come in right yes. away and save and you, hoping you have the assets to do both. Yes. And and keep number nine upright. And and so I'm in I'm complete lockstep there. And that's the thing is no one's saying Michael Jordan, for example, is a bad pick. But he's playing sooner than he should have. Never oh, should no have question. played last year. No doubt. So what you need to do moving forward is make sure that those guys don't play. Because, you know, Akeem Adeniji probably shouldn't be playing yet. <laughs> like, that's a guy who shouldn't no, be and, learning. And, so, and, and listen, sometimes you get lucky where a guy gets thrown in and you go, damn, he really can play. Yep. And maybe you got lucky with Adeniji yesterday that it was yep. just the right place, right time that he got thrown and you go, okay, yeah, this, this guy maybe can play in this league. But that's not how you want to go into next no. year. So, so, yeah, I would absolutely. I mean, Heck, I wanted to trade pick 33, which turned into T. Higgins for Trent Williams. So I, I certainly would uh, would be willing to trade a second or a third. Especially when you see that he pick. went for a fifth. Oh. Trent Williams. There'll, there'll be guys out there. And, and like James said, whether it's now or whether it's down the, down the road, um, I, I just wonder I wonder going forward if this team ever does the, the blockbuster or the surprising move. Um, We're going to know within the next 24 hours. Because if they if they don't now win Willie, and, and James made a, a good point earlier today, um, talking about Carl Lawson. And I know that the Bengals 99% wouldn't look to move on from Carl Lawson. But if you look at Carl Lawson and what his asking price will be going forward. Way too much. Are, are you? I heard $18 million. I, I'm, I'm taking whatever. I'm, 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 I am re-signing William Jackson. I'm per doing season. That. So, so if I you, heard $18 million per season. Not worth it. So if you oh. re-sign William Jackson and you've invested Trey Waynes and William Jackson and you have Jesse Bates back there, you should feel good about your secondary. Mm-hmm. Linebackers have taken a step forward. If you're the Bengals and you're sitting there with Carl Lawson and you look at where you're going to spend money in the offseason, I don't think DN would be an $18 million a year slot. And, and, and I will say this, too. I think it's, it's far easier in the draft to find Correct. that guy than it is to find the offensive so, line so, guy. So with that being said, the forward thinking would be, let me call one of these contenders and let me say, hey, here's Carl Lawson. Yeah. What would you offer me? And if it's a second round pick, absolutely, yeah, right. I you think do it in a heartbeat. I think they could get a second and more. Do you really? I do. I think some of these contenders for, 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 a, for a free agent though, a, a rental guy for this I, team. I think for there, these teams? I think there are some. If some it's a teams, Super Bowl contender, and I think some teams pay. would say we could keep them around. But we'll, yeah, we'll keep maybe, them around. Right, right. And, you know, and, and, and that's the other part of it. And I think the Ravens. I, I don't know how they pulled it off for Ngakwe. Right. But but even even that what was it a three and a five yeah if you can get that for Carl a guy that again to Tony's point if you know you're probably not going to resign him yes move on move, he's an injury prone fair or not he's not overly productive he's either dealt with a bunch of injuries you're right he looks it and can make some splash plays but it, he's not done that keep it simple Is he's this, not done no, that I'll give you that no. are they winning a Super Bowl this year no okay I'm, I'm with you I'm, so, I'm with all of this so if if you're not winning a Super Bowl. You're two and five and one at the trade deadline. Do something different. Yes. You just won yesterday. Well, with no one on the field. Okay, so maybe we are. See, maybe we will see it because you saw something in the off season we haven't seen, which was go spend money on free agents. Mm-hmm. You saw them. Maybe they had to swallow hard, but they did make an in season trade, getting rid of Carlos Dunlap, and there were some mitigating factors there. But they did make the trade. 
feels like they're doing, they're trying to do some of these different things. Maybe mm-hmm. not enough. And that's where I, I do think we're going to see some action in the next 24 hours. If we don't, if we're back on this podcast next Monday and they've done nothing, I'll be extraordinarily disappointed because you do have an opportunity you, to do something. How can you be a front office for a professional football team and you're meeting on a day like this and you just watch what Joe Burrow did? How are you not sitting there with management like, okay, what can we do in the next 24 hours to maximize what Joe Burrow is going to be under his rookie deal? Because you, you, you have a small window. No question. To, to cash in on a big prize. And it's crazy that at 2-5-1, and one, we're talking about this team in the next few years competing for a Super Bowl. Yeah. But the skill positions they have and finding their quarterback, that changes everything. Because people want to build around a Joe Burrow. People want to come play for a Joe Burrow. People want to coach a Joe Burrow. When you have that, it would be a huge disservice if you're not meeting today. What all can we do? I know it's not our way. I know it's not what we'd like to do. But what can we do the next 24 hours to make sure that number nine is going to have his chance to compete for a Super Bowl? I'd call Cleveland right now, and they might laugh. And I'd say, we'll give you Carl Lawson for your first. Yeah, I don't think they'll pull that. Yeah, I don't see that taking place. But at least – but I, at I, least, I, I would, though. And the asking price has to be higher. I can't give Carl Lawson – first off, it would be a nightmare to deal with Carl Lawson for the next four years in the no division doubt. opposite Miles no Garrett. Doubt. But – so that's the risk. That's why you ask for more. But I would still do it. But to James' I would just, point. Just to see. And who knows? Maybe they offer you a two and a five. Do you do it then? Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. You can to send him to Cleveland? In a heartbeat. Yeah. Because, but there you go. But because, that's why because, you asked for the one. Because I, I don't know how productive he really is. And he is injury prone. Mm-hmm. And I'm rolling the dice. Yeah, I know you would. Would you do trade. it for a two? Inside the division? That's the hard part. Yeah, that, that, that is the hard part. Because you don't want him beating up on Joe Burrow. He's guess, opposite Miles I, I guess I'm also rolling the dice that, listen, if they're going to just do it and, and rent him for the eight games, I don't have to face him in those eight games. That's and, true. And fearful. But, again, I don't know if you're a team that's going to give up a two if you don't have some plan to then re-sign him, right? Mm-hmm. I would just I'd like, call the Raiders, too. I would just like to hear, like, a report in the next 24 hours, like, hey, the Bengals were active in trying to do stuff, even if it, even if it falls through. Just, just let me hear that they're active. Because no, I, I don't need to hear that. Because I, I need well, to see some moves. Well, I do too. The problem is when, when, when the report comes out last week that they're not interested in moving on from Geno Atkins. That's why. Well, and that that's also, why that, to me it's sometimes like it's, sometimes there's the we're not moving on unless we get something of of, of great value in return. Yeah. So you're not. I, I think you're not playing your cards in in, in that. that. That's an agent talking. But, if, but if, anytime you see a national report. By the way, you know it's an agent who has given those guys that stuff. But so that, that's the one side of it. If you're Geno Atkins, this is the best case scenario in the world because you're playing 20 snaps a game and you're making millions and millions of dollars, and it's not having a wear and tear on your body. Yeah, he's just shutting his mouth and cashing a check. Right. And and, and you're just allowing that, though, yeah. if you're a if you're this organization. So, again, I do, do I think they need to make moves? Yes. Do they have the opportunity to make some big splashes? Yes. Will they? No. What if a team comes calling for a guy – because fans are on board with all these besides maybe Carl Lawson. All of them. What if a team says, hey, we want Auden Tate? So you're, inter- you're listening to, to offers for Ross. I'm I'm t- there are only a few there's untouchables. About, there's about ten guys I'd say okay. are untouchables. Yeah. I, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I, because it's everyone's listening, nodding their heads. But other guys should be available, too. Agreed. Guys like that. You Agreed. Know? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of some guys that, that you could move you or potentially been. move. Oh, I don't that think everybody's not in their head with AJ Green. I, I think there's some. I think there's a lot of fifty-fifty on that. I think there's a lot of people that still want him back, no matter what, because they remember the AJ Green of old. All right, here's another one. I'm just trying to think of of pieces that would be really hard, and the Bengals will say no to this. 
What if a team came calling for Giovanni Bernard? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not giving him another contract. I don't think a four. Sure. A five. Yeah, maybe not a five. A four, a four feels right. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, a four feels right. He's played well. Put out good team. No, agreed. By the way, if I'm a contending team, a four. I'm with Skinny. Uh, Throw in John Ross, and we got a deal. <laughs> there is, there's eight or nine guys for me that are untouchable. Everyone else, it's I'm I'm trying to build something here that I haven't had before. Everyone's on the table. Yeah, I'll I, be the Bengals GM if Mike Brown wants to hire me. 100K a year. I That's wouldn't even, the I cheapest wouldn't even, GM in the world. I don't even need to do it for you. I'll be a consultant for a day. For the next 24 hours? You, yes. were, you were a consultant for a day. In what? For the Bengals. With your workout with Jay Gruden. I was a consultant for Jimmy Clausen for a year. <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that work out for him? Worst team in the league. <laughs> no question. Uh, speaking of the league, is, are teams starting to figure out Lamar Jackson or is Baltimore holding him back? from doing what he does because it feels like they've, they've gone away from him in the run game and when he's been playing good teams the numbers don't lie man the numbers don't lie they don't have a real receiving core and this is the thing people crown I don't Hollywood know man Brown. Hollywood Brown he was all like, he, everyone what, what crowned was, did, you, did you see his tweet from last night what did he say it was something about something about they don't want to they don't want to go to Warriors ever so it, was, it was basically he was throwing saying they, they never use me oh my god these guys, man. I, I thought he was so over, like, not overrated in the draft, but overrated with how everybody had crowned him. And, and, and just, it's so interesting how public perception is because I think him and John are basically the same guy. They already have but, help on the way. But they just signed Dez. Yeah. That's a team. What if they call Bob Green mm. in the division? <laughs> but they need a receiver. That, that's another team. If, 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 if I'm them, because I, I think that they haven't opened up the passing game to Lamar enough. Which they just need to do, and he has his flaws. You have to live with those flaws. And, and they I'm not should 100% be getting him out, sure out. that he's fully healthy. Yeah, and I've wondered that too because it feels like they've taken his strength, which is part of that run game, mm-hmm. and scaled it way back and tried to make him something he's not, which is a pocket passer. I mean, he's just not. He, yeah. it, I mean, right or wrong, especially against good teams, his numbers against good teams are just not very good. Um, and so, yeah, I do wonder if, if some of that's still going on if he's hurt, and, and that takes that takes that that's, big weapon away. As good as that team is, when they're not playing with a comfortable lead, and they have to change their offense, they they don't they aren't comfortable. Yeah, they dealt with the Ronnie Stanley injury yesterday too, and that's I mean, why they need a weapon. Yeah. I mean, they need another weapon so they can come from behind a game changing. And I, I don't know, Green isn't that anymore. He could help them. I don't know who they could get. What's Will the, Fuller? Like you already have your speed guy. Right. What's the point of having soldiers? That's it. When Soldiers. you never use them. Yeah. Ne- and then he didn't even have never. never. That was my favorite part of it. Never. Ay, ay, ay. These, these diva wide receivers. I'm going to leave you with one more NFL question. I think we would agree that even though Bill Belichick's team is struggling, he's the best coach in the game today, right? He's number one. Andy Reid's number two. Tom Brady. Uh, there's coach. No, he's coaching those boys. There, there's, no there's, there's, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Who would you put at number three? Because oh. I got mine. Because I agree it's Belichick and then, uh, and then Andy Reid. Hmm, Tony. I mean, are you you're looking at me, Tony? You have an answer? I'm thinking. Um, what with what? It's not did, Zach Taylor. With what he did right, last don't, year. And don't say would, Zach Taylor. I would put Kyle Shanahan in the top five. Okay, I'm going number three though. Who would you who would you pen? I I got mine. Um, it Mike might Tomlin? be Mike Tomlin. Bingo. Mike yeah, Tomlin. it might be uh, bingo. I mean, he's great. I I and and Steelers it's, fans it's whine about him and, and it's year ridiculous. Out. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And it's eight and eight last year. With no Ben. Yeah, with no Ben. I mean, he's playing, insane. He's playing no, Duck. No, like, that was great. Right, I know that. Yeah. yeah, he's playing Duck, and they still they still were in, in contention for a large chunk for a playoff. What I always it's probably say, Tomlin. Shanahan is up there. What I always Shanahan say. Shanahan needs a little more 
a little more yeah. time. Yeah. What I always say about Mike Tomlin is he got crushed when the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell stuff started coming out. He's lost the locker room. He can't control his players. And then you watched each of those players go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I'm like, Mike Tomlin kept them together. Yes. In that locker room for years. Yes. And played at a high level and kept everyone happy. That, to me, is one of the greatest coaching jobs you can ever have. I, that, and, well and say what you want. Every Mike Tomlin team plays with a different level. There's an edge, man. There's just that an edge. Defense, they jump around. They fly around. They, they have a swagger about them. And it comes from the head coach that, in a, in a cloudy, rainy day, is still wearing sunglasses yesterday. You trading the Bengals 2021 first-round pick for Mike Tomlin? <laughs> man, maybe. <laughs> I'm asking you guys. Would I? Would you? I would trade. I would trade Zach Taylor in a second for Mike Tomlin. But you know, the, the, the order- I said they're first, not a second. In, in the Pittsburgh organization, though, too. <laughs> God, I, I, don't, I, I, I would do it. And I know Bengals fans hate not just Tomlin. hate the Pittsburgh organization, but it's so well run. Shanahan remember how? Many, remember how they got killed last year for the Minka Fitzpatrick trade? They just mm. got killed. What are you doing? What are you doing, dude? To actually save the game for them yesterday, and he's yep. great. Genius. You've got a proven dude. Yeah. For I don't want to say next to nothing, but tank. it was tank. They're gonna tank yes. and get one of these. Guys. They don't tank no. in Pittsburgh. No, they they make moves like Minka Fitzpatrick. Yep. Which hey, by the way, Bengals. Because mentally, they never thought I'm they not were saying out of you're it. first, but no, they might have knew their backs were against the wall, but they didn't cash in the season. But, like but, oh, we're out of it. But honestly, if the Bengals traded their first and got a player that on either side of the ball that had an impact like Minka Fitzpatrick in a heartbeat this year, I don't give a damn if it's the fifth pick. Quentin Correct. Williams. Correct. Oh, I don't think he can impact the game. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I, yeah. It has a to be an impact second. guy. It would be Left like a tackle. I do like a second and a fourth. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, and flip Joan to the right side. I'm good with that. Yeah, either. Yeah, yeah that or uh, any kind of defensive. Play. I'm trying to think of who could do that. No, you I took mean, a pr- look. Draft picks. No matter how how much we thought Joe Burrow was going to be great, there's still that moment of trepidation of, all right, he's still a kid who hasn't played in the NFL. It's just mm-hmm. it's a, for every draft pick. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Give me the proven commodity every single time. Yeah, especially if you're building and you have that quarterback ready. Yeah, right. No question. So it's no question. We, we've taken way too long on this show that we haven't talked about the Bearcats yet. All right, let's talk about the Bearcats next. Yeah. And their dominating win. Mm. I think thanks to that sideline report. Mm. We'll continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Ted's Pawn Shop, home of the Tri-State's largest full-line pawn shop. At Ted's Pawn, 2026 Delaware Avenue in Norwood, Ohio, we offer collateral loans on almost anything of value. We also have one of the area's largest selections of pre-owned merchandise to choose from at bargain prices. Diamonds, jewelry, coins, firearms, musical instruments, and tools. Reach us today at 513-631-2112. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. Richard Skinner from Local12, Local12.com, James Rapine. From SI.com and the real quarterback, Tony Pike. We talked uh, a long segment with the Bengals with the trade deadline looming. Talk some college football where um, if UC is going to crash the party, we've talked about you got to have some style points. <laughs> and I think they did that and then some the last two weeks. Because I think SMU is going to win a lot of games. I think Memphis is still going to win a lot of games. In fact, SMU bounced back after the UC loss and just destroyed Navy. It's not a great mm-hmm. Navy team, obviously, but they, they, they punished them. These last two weeks, man, if, if you haven't sat up nationally and taken notice, I, I, I think you now are. 
Memphis is a team that averaged over 200 yards rushing a game. They had negative rushing yards going into their last drive. It's incredible. They ended up finishing with positive just because on that last drive they got some garbage stuff. But, Skinny, I w- I'm, I'm watching this team. And, and let me start. Offensively, Des Ritter's been great. Hang on. I, I want to I, I use one of your quotes. Mm-hmm. I think it was you that said this. I was listening to the broadcast. I was driving back from doing a, a game myself. You said that this team this team looks different in warm-ups. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it looks like a – a big boy team, for lack of a better term. I can't remember Here's, what you used, yeah, but, but it was an interesting well, quote. Because we were talking about, at the end of the game, the possibility of this team being in the college football playoff. And for years now, those teams that get brought into that conversation, they do it with, like, gimmicky stuff. Like, even as great as UCF was, yeah, it was a they were going to have to they yes. were gonna have to outscore you. Yeah, they were going to have to Because they were going to give up 40 points. Yes. yes. When you look at the, the Bearcats in warm-ups, they look – I remember we went up to uh, – Fresno State, when I was at UC, came in with Ryan Matthews. And you just, Huge. You that, looked, was game, that was a game he ran about 50 yes, times, right? Yeah. But you looked at their offensive line, and you're like, holy cow. Went up to Michigan a couple years ago, and you look at their offensive line, and it's like, man. And I'm sitting there before the game. It's like UC looks like one of these big-time programs now from a physical standpoint. And then I watch, and look, Des Ritter has been great. Five, five touchdowns accounted for. In, in Saturday's win. Three passing, that's the yeah. big part for me. But you knew going in, Memphis was allowing over 440 yards in the air a game. You knew you were going to have opportunities offensively. You took back-to-back weeks of high-powered, nationally-ranked offenses. And shut them down. And I'm sitting there watching, and I'm thinking as an offensive guy, how would I, how would I go about playing the Bearcats' defense? Because they're elite with six or seven guys in the secondary – Jarrell White is a machine at linebacker, and they have the two highest-rated uh, edge rushers in college football, any level. They have the two highest-rated, according to, to uh, the Pro Football Focus yep. rankings. Where's their weakness? And, and, and talk, I talked to Luke Fickle after the game about it, and they give up the 92-yard touchdown, but it was on a screen. At the end of the half. And it's like, and, and I, asked, I asked Luke Fickle, I said, are you willing, because the week before they had 126 penalty yards, and Luke came out and said, some of those penalties I'm not mad at because they play aggressive and they play downhill. And it was the same question I asked about the screen because they, they try to get to the quarterback, they fly around, and on that particular play they missed two tackles. They were there to make a play and they give up. A, but they don't just sit back. They are attacking, they're aggressive, they're not, they're not a, afraid to put their secondary on an island. I, I don't know how I would attack them. They are a nationally ranked powerhouse defense and the offense is coming along with that. And what you have to have, they're a lead on special teams with James Smith as a punter. I mean, three more punts inside the 10. They, they do it from every single aspect of the game. Someone asked you on Twitter, and you responded with an emoji. Yeah. Who would win, the 2010 Bearcats <laughs> or these Bearcats? Well, who's winning? I guess 2009, 2009. 2010. Well, you faced a big boy oh, team. Nine, the, 10. I mean, that, that Florida team was yeah. arguably a national championship caliber team. Again, just eyeball testing it. Yeah. it's it was, The only difference of, of those two is the Big East was really good at the time. And I'm not saying the American Athletic Conference is down. No, but Rutgers was in its heyday. Yes, UConn was still really good. Uh, Louisville. Yeah, Louisville was um, You could – so who wins, Tony? Get to the point. Two thousand nine, duh. I see the doubt in his eyes, don't yeah. you? Um, my don't only, you my only worry about two thousand nine. Oh my God, he's worried. He's thinking about all the hits he he's going to take. His face is now flushed. Oh my Two thousand nine. That was that was kind of like the Bengals' offense right now. Like I felt like going in, like we got to score thirty five. That's like the threshold. 
right now, earlier. Well, you're even talking about you don't even know how to attack this defense. So what, the hell, what the hell would you do? Well, I'd let Brian Kelly come up with that. Oh, okay. Skinny, we, we, we commented earlier in the year and said there's going to be a game where Des Ritter needs to throw for 350. I don't know if I don't they, know, I don't know I, if they I, need that anymore. I don't either. I, because watching what they did the last two weeks to these offenses and who's left, Houston. I know you got to go to UCF, but they're not as dominant no. as we thought they were going to be. That's going to be a tough game, though, just because yeah. you're going to have a target on your back with probably zero losses. But I think it also helps UC as far as rankings go that they'll finish the season with three straight road games. Two of those being Tulsa and UCF, which are would would qualify as big road wins for you. I think the big thing at this point is, and, and this is not the indicator for the college football playoffs because they do their own rankings, but you're six and AP, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going backwards. And, I mean, without a loss, and you're not going to get in with a loss. So, right. I mean, we all would agree you got to run the table. So, you're not going back. I mean, you've, the good part is you've already put yourself in a spot where – You don't have to have a lot happen. Where your your resume is now showing, yeah. hey, we're in that conversation. We've crept right to that point. So, again, we know they have to run the table. That part's a given. One loss is not going to get it. But you got Clemson and Notre Dame this weekend. Mm-hmm. Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. And, boy, did they scuffle against Boston College without Trevor that. Lawrence. So, I mean, is that an elimination game? No, because – the fact is, if, if Notre Dame loses, it's an elimination. But Clemson has set themselves up that if Notre Dame wins and then Clemson comes back and runs the table, yeah. Clemson would get a nod over UC because Trevor Lawrence is back. And, and, that's, it, yeah. and, and, and that, that, to me, is my worry. So, I you, so I would say you, you root for Clemson if you're UC you root for Because I think you're right, it does knock Notre Dame out. They're you root ranked. for Clemson and you root for Georgia, and you root for Georgia to lose. Georgia will At lose some point one going more time. I, th- I think they do lose one more time coming down. So then that leaves probably Clemson, Bama. I don't see Ohio State not winning yeah, those the table. Th- those three are in. You're fighting for that four, four spot, spot, but Oklahoma State loses, which yes. is huge. And we knew the Big 12 was going to crap on yep. itself because it always does. I've seen people put Oregon as their number four. I'm just – they haven't even played a game. Did <laughs> yes. they play a game? Did <laughs> they good. play this week? No, they played next week. Okay. Actually, it's this coming weekend okay. I think they open up. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> Bearcats are number four. I, I think they are. And I think these last two weeks – you made the statement you didn't you need to make. You didn't go to SMU and win 24-23, mm-hmm. and you didn't win at home over Memphis. And they've, they've done it different ways. They shut you down were dominant. Dominant. You were dominant. You, you looked exactly how a, a top-four team would look against them. Yes. What have they given right. up? Two touchdowns this year? Yeah. Defensively. They gave a, a defensive score against Army. Against Army with a guy Other than that, the they've given up two touchdowns. Well, Austin P. they gave up a couple. Of, but that was yeah, garbage scrubs. time. Yeah, right, correct, correct. But, yeah, yeah. You've, but when it's mattered. Yes, SMU and Memphis, and you have completely – you gave up a freak 92-yard play, and you gave up a 15, 16-play drive and, against SMU. And I'll be honest, I don't think UC beats Clemson, Bama, or Ohio State, but I will tell you, I take them heads up with Notre Dame. I take them heads up with Georgia. Texas A&M's right below them. I take Garbage, them heads up with trash. Texas A&M. I take them heads up with Florida. I take them heads up with BYU. So, I mean, do I think they're elite Clemson, Bama, Ohio State elite? No, but do I think they're arguably because the fourth? Because I don't, yes, I, I don't see a team being able to score forty on them. You're right. Because I think the defense keeps them in any game. They, I mean, again, you have guys ranked on that defense best in the country. Ahmad Garner was a freshman All American. Javon Hicks led the team with five interceptions last year, and he's a backup yes. now. Yeah. Like it, they, they have it at every level. They've done it by stopping a triple option team in Army. They've beat up on a young quarterback like you're supposed to do in South Florida. Shane Bouchelle's got a and lot they, of skins on the wall, yes. too, and they beat him up. Yes. Brady White's going to end up playing seven yes. years for yeah. Memphis because yeah. he can come back next year. <laughs> and you good. beat up on him. Like, they've done it in every way. Now, the next test for them, come out and dominate against a team in Houston that you should dominate. Agreed. The one thing that – or the one time, rather, that they will need Ritter to be able to throw it and chuck it all over, potentially, is in one of those games. Yes. 
That, that yes. would be the time when yes. you need that dynamic where you're not going to be able to just because you're going to give up points. And I just Trevor I, Lawrence I, still going to score 28. You might you might on play a bad him. day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. You might yeah. shut him down and he's scoring 28. And like, possibly that road game against UCF and the the AAC championship game. game. Yeah, which would I mean be a de facto, hopefully punch your ticket into a a top four. Top four. Yeah. Um, because then you'll be playing a team for the second time around. And you teams usually can find a way to make some type of adjustment, and then you'll need to score more. All right, let, let, let's touch a couple other things here too. And one of them is 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 Jim Harbaugh should he be on the hot seat now at Michigan? How do you lose to Michigan he, State? He absolutely should. I think this year in college football it's differently because of the financial situations that I don't think teams can you can't buy out can take big buyouts. Right. Which is to to flash back to UC one more time. I think that's good for UC because I don't think teams can throw millions and millions of dollars at Luke Fickle this year. Right. Well, that's, good. that's a legit point. Yeah, legit that, that point. is a good point. Uh, he's probably on the hot seat, it feels like. If I'm him, I try to get back in the NFL with a, good quarter, would too. with a good quarterback. Huh, wonder who has one of those. I don't know. wonder who's got that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, last week mm-hmm. we were talking mm-hmm. about uh, could Zach Taylor go coach uh, Bellevue or Madeira or Marymount. I'm going to take Kentucky offensive coordinator Eddie Grant and ask that question. Can, oh. can, can, my, can my man can can my man do something? I I know they you want to. I mean, they are ruined. I was talking about ruining a good thing. I, I do a I do a, a a radio hit in Lexington for a station every Monday, and and um, usually it's talking Reds or Bengals, and then UK basketball or football. Mm-hmm. And, and I I told the host I said, arguably in my lifetime, talent wise, this is probably the second or third best Kentucky football team talent wise. And they are just pissing it away with how bad that offense is. That defense, that defense is close to elite. I mean, mm-hmm. they're playing in that league and really shutting people down, and they can't get out of their own way offensively. Crazy. It is crazy. Crazy. I mean, Georgia honestly did nothing on offense in that game. Nothing. And the problem was Kentucky did even less than nothing in that game. <laughs> they did something. They're going to end up going. They covered. They did cover. They're going to end up going three and seven. With again, like I said, arguably the the, the third, second or third best team in my lifetime. Yep. All because they can't do anything on offense. Yep. Makes me want to pound my head. Wow. I don't root for much. The only thing I root for in life is Kentucky football. Wow. Don't ask me why it's irrational. He said, "Pound your." He said, know, "I'm going to pound my head." And, and I, he he, well, I he gonna raised a, his I, fist. I was going to make a noise like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that, raised his fist. That was my that was my noise of pounding my, <laughs> my my head there. So there you go. We'll take a video of it for everybody. Okay. All right. When we come back, we'll touch on high school football for just a brief time. Got a chance to see a really good game on Saturday night. Woo, doggy. We'll talk about that more. It's the Angry Quarterbacks podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner, only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Romaldo has been helping men, and now women, Look their best for over 50 years. Established in 1968 by Master Taylor Romualdo in the quaint community of Madeira, Ohio, Romualdo has become a Cincinnati staple for authentic menswear, bespoke garments, and old world tailoring. Gathering national recognition while staying true to their goal of delivering exceptional products with unparalleled service, Romualdo is truly a destination for any style-minded individual. Located at 7121 Miami Avenue in the heart of Madeira, Romualdo is more than just a suit shop. Stop in for anything from denim and t-shirts to sport coats, sweaters, grooming products, and much more. As we approach the holidays, Romualdo is your one-stop shop for the best gifts for the men and women in your life. Centrally located just 15 minutes from downtown, 10 minutes from Hyde Park, and a quick jaunt from Mason, Romualdo, suited for the everyday man. 7121 Miami Avenue in Madeira. 
Welcome back in the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback from Reading High School, UC, Carolina Panthers fame, and his brief cup of coffee with the Cincinnati Bengals, Tony Pike and James Rapine from SI.com. We've talked the NFL and Bengals in an extended segment, some college football and especially UC after their impressive win. Touch a little high school football where Kentucky is uh, winding down. This will be their last regular season week coming up. And a lot of teams, there was a lot of COVID cancellations in Kentucky last week uh, across the board. And that's not a good sign heading into their playoffs, which uh, still have not started. Indiana saw East Central get bounced out of the playoffs, I guess surprisingly for those of us that have followed them, Tony Pike. But Lawrenceburg's still alive. They'll play the Class 3A Mm -hmm. sectional final uh, at Franklin County. So they're still uh, alive and kicking. But in Ohio... There were two classics over the weekend. Friday night, I did not broadcast the Friday night classic. I did Moeller's route of Highlands 50-14. to 14, where mm-hmm. uh, Good for Moeller. I mean, they, they acted like good they were, they end up on a, on a good note, and they certainly did. A good way for Mark Elder's first season to end with that win at Highlands. But while that was going on, so too was St. Xavier and Lakota West. You said you got a chance to watch that mm-hmm. game. Um, I guess the surprising thing to me is as good as that X offense was, was humming along, and I know people can say, well, they must not have played well. From everything I've everyone I've talked to about it or saw it, a lot of that is just how good that Lakota West defense was. Yeah, I watched uh, the the start of the game, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I know West defense is good, but then you see the stat that they've given up five points a game this year. And you're like, okay, well, X offense. Uh, Lakota West has guys on the outside that can shut you down man-to-man, and that's what they were able to yep. do, uh, which caused a little confusion early in that game. That game is 7-3 to three going into the last series. Uh, St. X forces a punt. And then Brogan McKay, I mean, give credit because it's like for, 14 or thir- yeah, 37 for, for or points something. of the game, you know, he's looking at different looks. He's getting hit. Um, he wasn't as sharp. And then the, the biggest series of the season comes out and they convert multiple fourth downs. And then at the end, they find Clifford in the back of the end zone uh, for a touchdown to win that game 10 to 7. I, I, I don't think as a high school team, you'll see a better defense going forward. Um, I know they play Springfield, yeah, Springfield this week. This and week I, at Pickwood, a semifinal game. Springfield, they'll have to score because yes. I think Springfield can score points in bunches. Uh, but they are uh, susceptible to giving up points. So I expect St. X to get back to their scoring ways. But it's good to see and it's good confidence for a team to win when your best asset isn't great. Like their offense is what gets them by. And they weren't great and they still found a way to win and beat Lakota West. Yeah, I, I think that was the <laughs> the thing here is if you – they say survive in advance and stuff, yeah. right? They, well, that's what they do. And their offense, it's, it's not like they're not confident moving forward. It's right. not like their confidence. It's like, yeah, I, I, I think, again, that's just Lakota West defense was that good. Yeah. Our back was against it, yeah. and we found a way to make a play. Yeah. Let's keep rolling. And, and, yeah, defensively now they're feeling good because of what they yeah. were able to do. So, no, I think uh, – I, I wouldn't want to play the Bombers. No. We, we, we knew that before. I think it's the – we, we knew them in, in pick, and, yeah. and, and that would be crazy. a hell of a showdown for the state championship. And, and Sanex moved into the red zone a couple times and came up empty. But watching the start of that game, I think on both sides of the ball combined, Sanex has three seniors. Yeah, no. The, yeah, I mean, it's they, like, they, holy they back. cow, looking forward well, the to – Mackay's back. Yes, looking forward to next year, that is going to be a – massive force to be reckoned with division one is in the state semifinal round every other division is still in the regional championship round so division one is ahead by one week uh the matchup that we all expected in division two region eight is going to come to fruition on friday lasalle the number two c will play at number one winton woods did the did the did the winton woods score surprise you i know it surprised some people i thought no kings is pretty good i, I think they're legit I, I think people got taken aback by 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 the fact that they kept that game pretty close with winton woods Wynn Woods, for some reason, has been able to fly under a radar yeah. 
for much of the season, which is crazy with how good they are and how good they've been. But we asked the question all year, can one of those teams, Kings being one of them, when they get to Winton Woods, score enough? And they couldn't. And they couldn't. And that is a credit to Winton Woods. And Winton Woods, it wasn't like they cruised through this game. It was a battle. Yes. But they found what worked, and a lot of that is the quarterback run. And Kings had a trouble to, to stop that. And, again, Winton Woods somehow quietly has put themselves in this position. And now the showdown that we all expected against LaSalle. Yeah, LaSalle beat Anderson on Friday night, 55. I can't Rolling remember along. What, but, but Anderson's quarterback, did you see the stat, either one of you? Mm-mm. Threw the ball 73 times. Man. Is that a quarterback's dream or a nightmare? Dream. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a Joe Burrow effect, man. 73 pass attempts. Look. In a loss. Look, kudos kudos to the to the Anderson coaching staff for saying, look, we can't run the ball against them. Yeah, and they don't There's punt. There's no balance. And they don't punt yeah, either. They, love I, it. I think one year they punted five times the whole year. Love Evan it. Evan Dreyer, he just doesn't believe in punting. He'll he'll go for it on fourth and 15 from his own 15. He I'm just in. doesn't believe, he doesn't like punting. I'm in. So, That's me and Madden. Uh, you're right. Why punt? Why bother, That's, right? Those are the same analytics numbers that told Zach Taylor to give Samaj Pierre on a carry two weeks ago on, on third fourth, and one. On, four, on fourth and one. Fourth oh, and third, one. That's right, no, third and one, because yeah. then they kicked the field goal yeah. that, that was missed. Uh, in Division <laughs> three on Friday night, the Ross Rams uh, will will host Kettering Alter, the sixth seed. Neither one of these teams throws the ball. This game could be over in an hour and 43 minutes. Ross, I don't think, I think I'm right on this. Ross has not thrown a pass in the postseason to this point. Think about that in today's day and age. Much as I respect what Ross has done, not a game I'll tune into because I like to see 73 passes. 73 is, is quite a lot. At least 73 between two teams. Did, yeah, Ross, right. did Ross attempt 73 passes on the season? No, I think they've. it's it's maybe 15. It's, oh it's very gosh. minimal. It's very minimal. Does the quarterback even warm up? Um, to run, yeah, they run legs. the option. Yeah. They run the I'm option. gonna say, do you even need to warm up your arm? He's actually he's thrown, thrown I, running I, back. Throws. I think he's thrown like four or five touchdowns, despite the fact he's only thrown like 15 passes all year. You, you it's a like, heck of a ratio because the say, play you, action on the goal line. Yeah, you talk about the element of surprise, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, whenever they do do that, it's a pass. But credit to them. I mean, a chance to to, to get the, they're technically the, the the better seed here. They're the five seed. Alter is the six seed um, in that one. Then on Saturday night, Wyoming, the number three seed, will play at number one Clinton Massey. Clinton Massey, the number one ranked team in the state. And I got a chance to, to broadcast the Wyoming uh, Valley View game on, on Friday night where Wyoming is on their own 30, no timeouts left, faced with third and 10, 40-some-odd seconds, and their quarterback drops back and just kind of like backyardy, right? That's what the – it's no knock. Send mm-hmm. their best player, Jupe Mitchell, down the middle of the field and just throw one up for grabs. There are three defenders there. I still, to this minute, don't know how he came down with the ball. It was touched by, I think, everybody, including the three defenders. He's juggling it on the ground still. He's laying on the ground still juggling it. Pulls it in. Now they're at the 26. Mm-hmm. No timeouts left. Run up and, and, and go. Give it he, to him again. He runs kind of a skinny post into, again, triple coverage. Kid throws a fastball. I, I'll give him credit. Brandon Pagan threw an absolute dart. I still don't know how that didn't get intercepted. They forced the overtime. Each team scores in the first overtime. So then Wyoming gets the first offense in the second overtime. Scores a touchdown. Everybody's going crazy. They missed the extra point. So yep. now you got to get the stop. Oh. So now you got to get the stop. And they did get the stop to hold on to win 34-28. I know you said you watched the game yeah. on, on TV. Uh, I broadcast it, and I still don't know how Wyoming pulled that out. The beat goes on. And, again, this is the year that Indian Hill was supposed to knock them off, right? right? Yet here we are, same same <laughs> spot as last year, and Wyoming's competing again to, to – uh, Get to the state semis. To get to the state semifinals. I will say that the Clinton Massey – Really good. That is an, that, they that's can a run whole the ball. different animal. Physical brand yep. of football. Yep. Um, 
I will say what's good for Wyoming is looking ahead, I think this weekend it's going to be like 72. Yeah, it's going to be nice. It's be really good weather for them to be able to throw the ball around. Yeah, I think you're going to have to do that, yeah. uh, even though their defense has been really good for the most part this year. And Roger Bacon keeps moving along in Region 5. They'll play on Saturday night. Real quick on Bacon. Against Springfield Shawnee, yes. I know Corey Connor gets all the attention. That's a good, complete team. They're oh, really? good defensively. I think the core, I didn't see what he did last week, yeah. but he was 18 and 19 the yeah, two years prior to that. They're not just, I mean, right. they can all, they can be just Corey Kiner, but they're more, they're, they're and, a good football team. And that's team. where you can't gang up on him because right. they will make you pay. And then because you can't gang up on him and you have to spread out, he then does make you pay. Right. So it is, it's a, it, and they've, they've, they've got the, all the makings to maybe win the whole thing. Um, certainly a chance to, to get to the state semis with a win on Friday. All right, boys. Um, hopefully when we reconvene about in a the week, wood, you want to say the wood? You got the shirt on. Uh, the, wood, the Woods rolling along. Cam Hergen and company, 45-0 over Newcastle. Woods rolling. When did their playoffs start? Next we're week. Ta- we're, talking about the, the, we're talking about the, the state coming up in Ohio, and yes. Kentucky's just getting into their playoffs. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of COVID cancellations. I think yeah. there's a great fear they don't finish the season in Kentucky. I know this. I had my first basketball practice, and a day later, three of my kids are quarantined. So, uh, I mean, I just— <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah. With it or not? No, just, just, are we just gonna have to, contact tracing. We're going to have uh. to set up the barriers here. <laughs> Maybe. In the uh, what studio are we in? Oh, today, T- today we are in the Zach Taylor is a genius studios. Oh, oh man, I thought it was the farewell to John. Oh, <laughs> oh we man. can do that. This is the maybe last. next week. Yeah, because yeah, we'll we'll find man. that out. I, I will picture say me staring out the window with it raining. When we reconvene next Monday, they better damn well have done something. I don't need it to be all the stuff we talked about, but something, right? Right, something. Uh, something. Hire me as GM. All right, best or, move they that, could that's do. That's something they could do. Hire James as GM. And you're the consultant, Would you right? still do the show here with us? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Just call the GM's, the GM the GM pod. talk. We'd yeah. have all, uh, yes, it'd be GM crazy. podcast. James would let all the secrets out of the bag. Yeah, That's the would. good part of it. All right, for James Rapinoe, We're extending John Ross for Seven years, years, 72 million. Are you out of your damn mind? Steal. And Tony Pike, the real quarterback. I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's been the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. And the bitch is always looking like a 10 and a half. After how many shots? About 10 and a half. How many cities let you carry a gun and give you four different seasons in a singular month? Sunny rain, winter, make up the nine. We don't like the weather today, just give me some time. What the coast don't know is when the sun goes down, the Midwest will rise and take this town. You can put a black chip in the place where your mouth is if you think the Midwest ain't as hard as the South is. Boys find girls and then stay with them, and little kids dance to a collective rhythm. If you don't love it, I don't know what you think. And thank Jesus, I'm Cincinnati Pimp. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-P-I-M-P-I-N.